Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Well, I come here for a reason, uh, not because Tommy called me, but he did call me first to last week. He said, I'm not going to be there Wednesday night, I need help. He never told me he was going to be here. But about two nights later, I'm going to preach something that I've already preached once. And I ain't preached it to anybody but myself. I woke up in the middle of the night preaching in my sleep, and I've never done that before. And I got a question to ask you tonight, and same question I asked myself. The only thing I said out loud that I know of, I woke up, and about the time I woke up, I said, Where are you with the Lord? And that stuck to me, and I didn't even have scripture when I when that come to me. And I've been reading all week and couldn't really figure out where the Lord wanted me to go. And um, I sat down, and started reading a little bit, and something said, "Turn to First Thessalonians chapter four, and we'll start in thirteen. And I think I'm going to read through five, uh, chapter five, verse nine. But it says." But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For with this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the trump of God and the dead of Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. But of the times of the seasons, brethren... You have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall see peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Be ye brethren, but ye brethren are not in the darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And I started thinking of that, and I thought about it tells you to, to comfort one another in that, and I thought of how comforting that is to know that, that one day He's going to step out on the clouds, and, and my heart's been ready since the day I got saved. That August 31st, 2014, I gave my life to the Lord, and ever since then, my soul's been longing for the day that He's going to step out and call me home one day. But I started thinking about the rest of my body and, and how the rest of my body has performed in this day that ever since I've been saved. And, and I looked at the church and I look at how many people have given up on God today and 
And when I started thinking about that, I thought about how many of us are asleep right now. And we've got a revival coming. I say we because uh, I look at you all as part of us. Uh, I know we've got a different name on the door, but we belong together. See, we're a family of Christ. And, and I look at you guys as maybe what you consider a cousin in the day. We don't get together a lot, but when we do, we have a pretty good time. Uh, but I, I started thinking of what revival meant. And uh, that's a, a rebirth. That's a come to life is what revival is. And, and I thought of the church today and how we're asleep on God and and how our, our heart knows that the Lord's coming back one day and, and, he's, and he's sitting there and He's working inside of us saying, hey, be looking, be ready. You see these things, but our flesh... Our flesh and our mind are in That's different right. worlds right That's now, right. and we're we're looking at everything else. We've got we've got kids that we want to take to ball games, and we want to do this, and we want to do that. And, if, and Lord forbid it rains them out on Saturday, because they'll put it on Sunday without thinking of it. And us church folk, we'll just go right on with it and take our kids to the ball game. And and I thought, Lord, if, if you were to come back at that moment, if you if we you'd catch me sleeping in that moment, that I'd choose somewhere else over the Lord's house. And I started thinking of revival and, and how, how I can just see that God's going to do a mighty thing. I, I don't know what it is, but we got together Monday night and, and the power of God fell on that church. And, and I thought, Lord, you're going to do something special if we'll just get ourselves cleaned up. We'll get ourselves ready what you can do for us. And I started thinking about the church and when I started thinking, I, I started thinking about coming down here and that's when that scripture come to me and, and I thought, how many of us are looking tonight? How many of us are really looking for that appearing? How great that appearing is going to be, but how often are we looking around somewhere else at something else? And, and I, I started thinking about when revival comes, we've got to see, we've got about a month before that revival gets here. And, and all I can think about is a preparation time. Yeah. And um, ever since I, I woke up that night thinking about it, and I said, I said, where am I at with the Lord? And I had yeah. to get down and start thinking. And I said, Lord, I need you to clean me. Amen. I need you to get me ready. Right. I want to be ready when revival Amen. comes. See, because if I can be ready when revival gets here, then I can be ready when He comes. But we so often Amen. have gotten to our, our little comfort zone, I guess you could say, where where we come to church. And you, I know you're probably sitting there going, well, we're the group that's here on Wednesday night. You know, you could be wrong on Wednesday night just as well as you can be wrong on yeah. Sunday. Amen. We can sit in church on a Wednesday night and not move and that could be just Amen. as bad off as not being here. But I started and, and that bothered me for a minute. I thought, Lord, I'm going to preach to the Wednesday night crowd and how am I going to do that? They're the ones that are devoted and wanting to be here. But then it just kept turning and said, we can be sitting here not doing what God wants us to do. And and when I started thinking of that and I just I just laid on me that uh, there's a revival coming for a reason. And, and if you all would have been there Monday night, you know there's a revival coming for a reason. It's not for, it's not for us to sit down and wait and see what happens. There's a revival coming that we're going to see something big happen. Uh, and I don't know if you know it, but we started praying as of Monday night. We started praying that it leaves there and comes here. We want to see revival take place. See, if you'd have been there Monday night and seen the power of God move, you'd want revival to be coming. We get out of that comfort zone of sitting and just thinking, well, we can put it off for another day. One day he's going to step out and he's going to catch us looking around at something else and he's going to say, I ain't putting it off for another day. I'm coming to get you. I had a, I heard a preacher preach the other day that said, he's not coming when you get out of the will of God. He ain't coming into the bar room looking for you. He's going to step out on the clouds and say, here I am. That's the same as us sitting right here. There's no difference. 
and us backsliding and going to the bar room as there is sitting in church and not doing a thing for the Lord. If we could sit here every day, Monday, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and never say, Lord, I want myself clean. I want you to get on me a little bit. I want you to change my life a little bit. If we can do that, then we ain't where we need to be with the Lord. That's just plain and simple. I don't know any other way to put it. We can sit back and we can... We can want to cheer on everybody else, but then when the Lord starts dealing and starts saying, it's time to get clean, the first thing we do is sit down, shut our mouth, and not move. We get to the place where we're too prideful. We're too afraid of what everybody else is going to think. When the day that He comes and He steps out on that cloud, it ain't going to matter what any of y'all think about me. I told Him for a revival, I'm scared to death. I'm nervous. I'm, I don't know what it... I'm, for three and a half years, I ran from what I'm doing right now. For three and a half years, I ran from it. I tried to teach Sunday school. I tried to sing. I tried to do everything else. But now, for once in three and a half years, I feel like I'm doing what He wants me to do. I feel like I'm in the place where He can use me. I told Him, I don't know what revival's going to be like for me, but I feel that there's something's going to happen. We've got a neighborhood around us, and I'm sure there's plenty down in here that's drug addicted. There's people that we found needles in our parking lot. We've done all that. All I can think about is if I could see one of them saved. But you know what I've got to do to get to that point? I've got to get myself clean. I've got to get myself ready for revival. I've got to get myself ready for the coming of the Lord. I can't win somebody to the Lord when I don't follow the worship and the fellowship of God. And I'm asking you tonight, I I, I might be short. I don't know how far I'm going to get into this. Uh, they call me long-winded at my church, but I go somewhere else and I get short and nervous. But if, if you're wrong tonight, and I'm not talking about not saved, I'm, I'm not talking about that at all, but you know in your heart if you need a little bit of closer walk with the Lord. I know that hard times have come on a lot of us. A lot of us have struggled with some things, but there's a time that the Lord, see, when you get saved, it's my job from then on to make sure my relationship's right. I've heard too many Christians say, well, when the Lord tells me to come to the altar, I'll fix it. If I know that I ain't right with the Lord, I ought to be moving my way on up. It shouldn't have to wait on a preacher to make an altar call either. I ought to be stepping out and saying, I need better in my life. I need more in my life. I need somebody to move in me. I haven't felt Him in a long time. I want to feel you move on me. If we can do that, that's what the calling of a Christian is. It's not to say, Lord, you tell me when to come again. He called me one day, August 31st, 2014. He said, come now. Come now is your time. After that, it's my responsibility to keep my relationship right with the Lord. We can sit in church every Sunday and every Wednesday. We can sit here and we can put a smile on our face. We can do anything. We can talk. We can teach Sunday school. We can preach. But there's a time that we've got to get serious with each other. We've got to sit back and we've got to look at ourselves in the mirror. And my dad says it all the time. He says, go in front of your mirror, strip down, because that's how God sees you. And just stand there and say, Lord, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. There's nobody else that can affect my relationship except for me and the Lord. And if I know that I need help, it ain't for the Lord to call me back anymore. It's for me to come to Him. And I'm asking tonight if there's anybody here that knows that I need just a little bit closer. I just want a little bit closer. Monday night, I felt like I could have crawled out of my skin. I said, Lord, I don't know what's about to happen here, but there's something special going on inside of that building Monday night. People were getting freed up. And then last night, 
our women's group met and the singing group that was supposed to be there for the revival showed up thinking it was that Tuesday night. Well, they ended up having church. And they said, every one of them, we seen every one of them said, boy, they something took place last night. Yeah. We started talking about revival. See, when you start talking about revival, that ought to start stirring something yeah, up inside yeah. of you. I'm not talking about a series of meetings. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people of God coming together and saying, Lord, I need a rebirth. I need some new life put inside of me. I've gotten weak. I told them if we'll pray, we'll get just right with the Lord. For one time, all the revivals that I can remember here lately, we've had to preach on repentance for the first three or four nights so the church can get right. I want a revival where I'm already right. Where when I walk in, Tommy Gore jumps up on night one and starts preaching salvation and we see somebody get saved. You want to see revival take place? Let's see somebody get saved. Why are we not seeing that anymore? Because I'm sitting in my pew and I know that I could be closer with the Lord, but I ain't moving. I, I told him the other night, and I'll tell you guys, that old big boy right there, he... Uh, we had a re- first revival we ever had after I got saved. Tim Martin preached a message, had a bucket. He come in, he preached a message. He said, it's time to drop the bucket. You're carrying your filth too long. The church house sat there quiet. That old big boy had been saved. All of a sudden, he come crawling out there. He grabbed that bucket and he threw that bucket down. Next thing you know, that bucket was at the door. There's people throwing that bucket everywhere. You want to see somebody get saved? You get out of your way. You get out of your way tonight. You come up and you say, Lord, I need a little bit better. I want a little more than what I got. We ought to want more than what we got every day of our life. But we'll sit in our pew Sunday after Sunday and say, they ain't nothing wrong with me. Bible says if you say you have no sin, you're a liar and the truth ain't in you. That's what he says. And then the altar call happened and we say, if anybody needs anything, come. And the altar will sit empty. What are we saying? What am I saying? When I don't come on an altar call and say, Lord, I need a little bit of refreshing. Lord, I need a little bit of movement. We're saying we have no sin. Lord help us. And we're aligned to ourselves, and we're aligned to God. It don't matter what you lie to Him. It don't matter what you lie to me or anybody else. When we sit there, we're lying to ourselves, and we're lying to our Savior, the one that hung on the cross for me to have an opportunity that one day when He comes, He won't be as a thief in the night to me. He'll be as a bright shining light coming that my soul is longing for. That when He walks out, He won't even... I don't even think he'll have to ring it. He won't even have to sound anything. I, I think he'll just show up and I'll see him when he cracks the sky open. I, I, my soul will be looking for that. I'm hoping that I can overpower my flesh. And I can have my flesh just as ready. I, I know you fight your flesh every day. Paul says you've got to die daily. But I'm hoping that if I'll, if I'll submit myself, if I won't worry about what you think of me, and I'll come up here every time I got a chance. Yeah. I stopped at yeah. my church on the way down here because I was early. I still early. That's the first one out here in the parking lot. And I just sat there and read a little while, but I stopped at my church and said, I'm going to go in there and pray because there ain't going to be nobody down there yet. And I just sat down and I said, Lord, I just need to thank you, first of all, for giving me an opportunity of somewhere to go. I left work and my chest started fluttering. I knew I was coming for a purpose. I knew something was going to happen. If it don't happen to anybody else, it can happen to me tonight. But I knew something was coming. I I took off from work. My chest started fluttering. I said, I know where I'm going. I I had to stop at Walmart. I was afraid I was going to be late. I was running through Walmart like a madman. Got here and it was still 20 after 6. 
I was sitting in the parking lot. And after that, I even stopped at my church and prayed. Got down here and I was 40 minutes early. There's a reason. Because while I was camping and he called me and I had prayed that day, I said, Lord, I ain't had anywhere to go in a couple of weeks. Can you call me? Can you send me somewhere? And I got a text message that said, hey, I won't be there Wednesday. I need some help. I said, thank you, Lord. Later that day, my pastor, which is my dad, texts me, calls me and said, hey, I forgot to tell you, we're having a revival. And he started telling me how it happened. Thomas Benanda was sitting in our church parking lot praying about revival. He called him and said, I need to ask you something. He said, what? He said, I think we need to start a revival. He said, you won't believe it. I'm sitting in your church parking lot praying about revival. Thomas said, well, he might have been praying about his church. Thomas said, yeah, I had to go Sunday and say, bad news, we're having revival, but it's going to be at Harmony. That's almost as amazing as the first one. When he's sitting on a pew, they didn't even know each other and look down and say, you're going to preach his revival. About that time, he said, look down there, that's the man that's going to preach your revival. You call somebody, ain't got no business sitting in there. I'm sure we've got a neighbor that will call every time she gets a chance. She'll text me and tell me somebody's using our drive, our parking lot for drugs. It blew my mind she didn't tell me that there was a man sitting in our parking lot using drugs. Our communities yeah. are dying. Yeah. Our kids are dying. Yeah. I have babies at home. If for no other reason... I ought to try my best to walk as close to the Lord as I can so that I don't see my kids go down the road that the community around my church is going down. There's a, there's a neighbor that's scared to death for every kid that's at our church. I'm afraid they're going to step on a needle. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. That's the world that we live in, and we sit here every day ashamed of that right there. I ought to pour my heart out on that Amen. every chance I get. Amen. If nothing to say, Lord, put me so close that I can help change them people. Yeah. I'm hoping for a revival that we open the windows up. I've got a girl next door, and you, some of you know her. She's, she's on drugs. I know for a fact I've seen her on her church property, and I am begging that I get to see that girl come in that church one day. Yeah. One day out of that revival, because that's all it takes. I went to church for five years and never felt a thing. And all of a sudden, one day, he spoke to me. I didn't have to say, who's who's calling my name? I knew who he was the minute he talked. There's a girl next door that one day she can move. And if God will speak that one time, one time, I can see her change. What can happen? She's got grandkids that come to her house all the time. I can watch those kids change. I can see lives change because of submission for a revival. Somebody getting out of their own way and saying, I'll get out of my comfort zone. I'll get right. I'll start praying now. I want to be ready so that I can see people saved. God put us in a community of drug addicts for a reason. The lady next door can't stand it that we're in a church that we invested into a church in a, in a community full of drug addicts. I told her, I said, congratulations, what better place for us to be? She said, well, there ain't nobody ever done any good there. I said, that's fine. Nobody ever believed in hope that He promised me. If there's not any hope, I started thinking, there's hope that I was saved by. If there ain't nobody else going to get saved, He'd have never called me to preach. Amen. 
And they, I may never see them get saved under my ministry, but I believe that He called me for a reason. Yeah. I believe that He fought with me for three and a half years for a reason. Because I believe there's still people to get saved. There's churches across this country, deacons, preachers that I have talked to personally that say, I just don't think this world wants to be saved anymore. I don't think anybody's going to get saved anymore. What hope can we preach on if I don't think that somebody can come in them doors, yeah. surrender to God, and let the Spirit move on somebody, and then come to the Lord and get saved? Born again is Amen. what that takes. And if we'll clear ourselves from that door up to this altar, Amen. if we'll clean ourselves, you will come. And I'm done. I'm going to ask everybody that would to join us if you can. I'm going to take the pressure off of you. We're going to pray right now. We're all going to pray. We need to be awake. Let me say this. I need you to pray for revival. Pray for revival. Here. Here. I believe God wants to do it. And we got to be ready. We need to be awake. We got to be awake. Spiritually. Pray with us. Merciful God, we pray. Again, Father, we bow before the Lord. So grateful for the unction.